looking at God's promises, and one of them said, I will walk among you. I will be your God, and you will be my people. It's very obvious that God is among us today. Amen, church. My name is Fadi, and Fadi has came in. I'm part of the awesome Kansas ministry. It's a great honor and privilege to be able to talk to you today, especially on a special day like this, Mission Sunday. Uh, a lot of you know me, but for those who don't know me, I, I moved to the States two years ago. Uh, my father, a man of ten, was, was leading uh, the, the churches in the Middle East, and uh, two years ago he passed away. And for me, I always looked up to my dad in his passion, in his zeal he cared for the mission for the mission community. And for me to be able to speak to you today about the mission is such a privilege and such an honor. So thank you. Now this past month was just overwhelming because I saw the love and the inspiration that you guys have and the dedication you have for the mission in the Middle East. For God to be the glory, and so that you want to see the mission and the word of God spread entire nations. Now, because of that, the title of my lesson today is Mission-Minded Church. You know, and, and I want to focus our minds on perspective. I'll focus our minds on to have God's perspective. You know, there's a story of uh, Sherlock and Watson when they went camping. Does anyone know the story? No one? Well, Sherlock and, Sherlock and Watson went camping. And after plenty of liquid refreshments, they went soundly asleep. And, uh, he, and at night, Sherlock wakes up. He, he digs his elbow in Watson's ribs and tells him, Watson, Watson, wake up. Look at the stars. What, what, what do you see? He goes, I see stars and stars and more stars. Okay. What's that tell you? He goes, well, astronomically, tells me there's millions of galaxies and possibly billions of planets. Astrologically, tells me that Saturn is in Leo. Neurologically, tells me that it's past three. Theologically, tells me where there's a speck in the vast universe. Meteorologically, tells me that tomorrow we might have a good, beautiful day. Why, Holmes? What the fuck? Why, Sherlock? What does that tell you? his eyes turn to me and goes, Watson, are you kidding me? Someone has stolen our tent. <laughs> you know, Watson went on to explain what he saw, but he had another perspective. You know, my, my, my hope today is that we can see a perspective of God's. Amen. We don't want to be like Watson. This is a famous, there's a lot of famous pictures of people uh, laying on the pizza. But you see a different perspective here of people just laying around looking silly. You know, it's easy in times to lose perspective of what we are doing and why we are doing it. And when we lose that perspective, we can look awfully silly. Now, it's not uncommon today. For churches or disciples to lose that mission, to 
lose that perspective. We can get involved in so many programs and activities, but lose our mission. And other stuff that leads us astray. But here's the next picture. This is actually a car driver, a driver thought this, that was an actual tunnel. But it was a painting drawn on a wall. And he drove and crashed and went to the zoo. Because what he saw was a tunnel. That's what he saw. And so he crashed into it. You know, it's easy to lose perspective. It is easy to have a wrong perspective in life. That can lead us astray. Now the next picture. You know, that's a bridge that it didn't connect that he wanted. They hope it connects, it did not connect. perspective in life and build and think that my perspective is right. Build my entire life around it. Build my entire doctrine around it. Build my entire conviction around it. But only to later on find out that it's not God's perspective. And that is a very dangerous thing. Because I don't know about you, but when I stand in front of God, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Father God, we, we come here together, God, in, in, uh, in awe, in awe of who you are, in awe of, of the God that you, you have sent your one and only Son for us to God. I pray that today we're able to fix our perspective on you. And I pray that uh, you completely move me aside and take control of this thing, uh, not for anyone's glory, but your glory. And I pray in Jesus' name. So my first point today is heavenly minded. If we want to go heaven, it's probably a good idea to be heavenly minded. A quote from C.S. Lewis said, Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you get kingdom. Now, if I have a worldly perspective, I will live the worldly life. If I have a heavenly minded perspective, I will be able to live both eternity and earth. Let's open our Bible to Luke 12, verse 13. And we, right here, we, we read about the parable of the rich fool. Someone in the crowd said, Teacher, tell, me, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, man who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant of harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. 
And there I will store my surplus grains. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Drink, eat, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This day and night your life will be demanded from you. And who will say, what do I pay for this day? This is how it will be when whoever stores up things for himself will not wait for what God this is one of the, the, the most, the hardest parables for me to wrap my head around. I mean, if you look at Jesus talking about it, he, he kind of builds it up in a way where he's, he sounds like the guy's a good guy. I mean, what's wrong with building wealth? What's wrong? It sounds normal. You look at the world today, it is normal to build your wealth. Everything is around and focused around wealth. Corporations is built about around riches, businesses, banks. The economy is built around wealth and riches. We build our lives according to the economy and what it can give to us. And I guess imagine the, 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 the crowd in front of Jesus who's talking about the guy. They're going, yeah, 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 that sounds great. All right, so who gets your inheritance? You know, and, and, and because that is their perspective. But verse 20 a different perspective. Verse 20, you hear God's perspective, and it says, you fool, tonight your life is demanded from you. And I can, I can imagine the shock. It's a shock it's because they've never seen that perspective before. They never thought that way. Again, the world is very materialistic in its own ways. All its riches is saved up for me, the future, for my family. But God has a different perspective. He tells us our riches are not still on earth. It is not our materialism, but it is what we have in heaven. I want to share with you a story about the mission team that was sent in Sudan. To Sudan. And it's, a, it's just one of the... I love this story because it really shows the crux of the disciples that are there and shows the mission-mindedness that we all ought to have. So the, the, the church in Egypt decided, all right, we want to send the mission team to Sudan. We want to evangelize Sudan. It was in their hearts for the Word of God to be preached. So they decided, all right, we're going to raise money. We're going to make a garage sale. We're going to take our own belongings and sell it. We have a problem. The church in Sudan is not a rich church. They're not financially stable in Egypt. And so, um, and, and so the people, the people brought their belongings, their, their own belongings. You know, there was families of, of kids living in, in one room apartments in one family. But if you're that poor, everything you own is valuable. Everything you own is good. So they, they just had it in their hearts to build and save in Sudan. And so they brought it essential to, to the garage to sell. And some, some disciples picked up second jobs and went out to the streets and started pulling shoes for just random people that were willing to give money and share their truth. And, and people picked up the second jobs and paid paychecks to them. Now, after a month, the church raised $4,000. You know, yeah, you can clap. 
upside down and give you the stars to go with. And you know what? They're going to be disciples of that. Because they knew what they had done and God measured that he wasn't a disciple. They had to go and walk with him. They measured it by their heavenly gifts. They measured it and because they knew that my richness, my treasure is stored in heaven. And because of brothers and sisters like you that are, that are mission-minded, that are heaven-minded, we were able to, to reach our goals to get that money so far. Now, the Kansas ministry, we, we wanted to raise money for the construction ministry. And, and according to the, 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 the numbers, we, were, we, we are going to hit our goal of 25000 If you compare, you know, these are students with student loans, some with no jobs, right? Some with, 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 with debt, some student loans to pay. On the other hand, you have people with families who pay paychecks and are able to raise their thousands. And we live in a very rich country. We live in a country that has ethnic riches. A lot of people are running the race of life in a crowd. The 
doesn't end it very well. Rather, we drop out and get sidetracked. But we may want our eyes focused on the heavenly, the heavenly realm, and on our perspective to finish what we came to finish. And throughout civilization, people always wanted to understand the afterlife. They always wanted to know what heaven's going to look like. And that always dictated how they lived. Right? If you look at ancient Egypt, they, they have the greatest science. It's a science of preservation and mummification. The biggest artifact they left was the pyramid. It's a grave. They believe the pyramid is the way you go to heaven. So they, they would take 20 years to build their grave and one year to build their homes. They did all that because they, they had a perspective of heaven. But their perspective of heaven was materialistic. Therefore, their life reflected that. All they trusted was their materialistic possessions. As a church, we cannot have a materialistic perspective. We need to have a heavenly-minded perspective. But being in the States, two years now, I realized that everything is so easy to get. Like everything is just right there and you can get it. One thing that is really amazing is, is free cooked meat. But we don't have that in the Middle East. Now you go to a person's house and you can ask them, what should we eat here? Would you, would you cook it? Would you, would, would you buy it? And that's a very normal question. In the Middle East, that's an insult. You can't, you can't ask that. studying 
something of, of, of going through it and I realized my idea of righteousness is a very big R. And I thought righteousness is, is me. It, it's, it's in me, God. It's my righteousness. I live my righteous life and I go to church and that's good. This is, this is the life I live. But God has a different perspective of our righteousness and it has everything to do with our mission. First Peter 2 and verse 24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. But God also has a different perspective of our righteousness. This, this subject says, but thank God for us so that we can live for righteousness, so that we can live you know, God's mission was to bring righteousness on earth. God's mission was to put everything where it belongs, to put everything in its rightful place. And when Jesus came on earth, he fixed what was broken. He healed the, the sick. He strengthened the crooked. He fed the hungry. All that to bring back righteousness so that we might back to him and live in righteousness. So knowing that is God's mission here on earth. And then I, I read this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, God made him who has no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. like I did that, I took my son and not only to bring righteousness but he becomes my righteousness. And if we become God's righteousness we basically resemble Christ on earth. What that means is our mission is to spread righteousness. It's no longer to live righteous lives alone. Righteousness was never meant to be a bubble. It was never meant to just go to church once a week I'm righteous. Righteousness was meant to be spread for all the nations. And it's a very interesting perspective to have. Of where do I put my righteousness? Where do I live? And how do I live determines my mindset and how I think about righteousness. You know, the great story of, of righteousness is actually in the movie. And there's this, this woman that Recovered, and she had strong convictions of putting her faith. And she, the reason she was online is that the way we met online was she was persecuting the Christian faith. She was teaching against the Christian faith. But then she started studying the Bible and realized, and it clicked for her, realized that, that the Bible is pretty interesting. And for much of faith, it won't really change the way that I thought it was. Her perspective started changing. Family 
we got to go. He was going to talk at our family. Now, her kids in school were going to play computer games. And she, she had to hide her entire life. But she knew that God was the way and God was the truth. But then, now it was so hard for her to, 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 to accept that she felt the possibility of suicide. She said to herself, But then she read scriptures like these and realized God lives on earth so I can live a righteous life. So her perspective started changing. So she started going out. She started being brave. Right? She started going to school. Telling her that my kids, that they have this all the dancers, uh, Islamic classes. She said, my kids would not go that fast. She got persecuted. She would, she would come from one city to another via transportation to go to church, went in the car, going to the bathroom, taking it off, and then coming back. When people asked her for her real name, she said, I don't want to tell you, but if someone did a sin, they'll take you and investigate that sin. But she, became, but she wanted that righteousness. She wanted to live for that righteousness. But not only that, spread righteousness to everyone else. Her family got baptized as well. Her, 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 two, her, her brother and his two sisters got baptized. His, 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 her, her, her sister and her husband got baptized. You know, people came to Christ because of her righteousness. Because of what she stood for. She understood that God's mission on earth was to bring that righteousness here on earth. And she bore that mission. She took that mission to heart. Now, chapter Second uh, Peter 3, verse 12. As you look forward to the day of God, which, which coming, that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire. The elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven, a new earth, where righteousness dwells. God's talking about a new heaven, a new earth, where righteousness dwells, where righteousness becomes perfect, where it dwells. It doesn't just rule. Because when someone rules, they mean they rule and there's wickedness, but it dwells. There's complete righteousness. If that is how we're going to live on earth, how much more should we live righteous lives here on earth? Now, I don't know about you, but I refuse to sit down knowing that there is a God, there is a heaven, and people, there is a hope for people to know God and live righteous lives. The message is that everyone has hope to live righteously. The gospel we preach. That is the message and teaching we give out. But and I ask myself if, if I can't live a righteous life here on earth because of no amount of time I have, how can I be able to live it for all of eternity? So at, at the end of it, a righteousness is not just for me and to keep it for myself. Righteousness is meant for everyone. As we, as we think about these, as we think about 
you actually look at your attitude as you get driven in the desert. How do you think and realize that what you're doing won't have any blessing if you aren't ready? You're living apart. You're, you're partnering with Christ. You become heirs with Christ. You're not just investing in your heaven, but you're investing in other people's heaven. Determine my conviction more often. As a campus student, I tell myself if I don't build the foundation that I'm, I, I, I believe that I am on to give my contribution to the church, when I grow up, I'm not going to have a church to give to. If, if right now I don't build the foundation of, of purity, when I grow up, I will not have the conviction to fight for purity. If I don't build the foundation today to read my Bible and build my relationship with God, I will not have the conviction to have daily quiet times. But if, if, if for me, if I want to continue the mission, if I want to keep the standard of God, i got to build that foundation and live my life in Christ more and more. But also as campus students, Look at the marriage and, and see how you treat your spouse. Hopefully one day you'll have one at all. We also look at how you, you raise your children that we one day will raise our own. You know, I want to call the church back to its standards. I want to call the church back to its righteousness where it dwells. Because if we are to be together in heaven where righteousness dwells, it starts right here. It starts right now where we come together, push one another to raise up the standard, raise up the conviction of our church so that we, when we move on, so when we move on, we can carry that torch because we have people like you and imitating people like you that live for God, live for the mission, and live in godly perspective.
Corinthians that is in fact God's perspective. And in fact, God's perspective, having heavenly perspective, putting our riches here on earth is not an opportunity to sin. And to be able to do that, that pushes us to think righteous and holy. Thank you very much.